Dr. Brooke Jackson is a board-certified dermatologist, dermatologic surgeon, and healthy skin advocate. Dr. Jackson retains the honor of being the first African-American dermatologist to be awarded the prestigious laser fellowship training at Harvard University, which served as a springboard for her pioneering work in the use of lasers in patients with skin of color. She also helped found the Mohs Surgery Unit at MD Anderson Cancer Center and has held faculty teaching positions at Harvard, Northwestern, MD Anderson Cancer Center, and the University of North Carolina before going into private practice. Dr. Jackson is the founder and owner of Skin Wellness Dermatology Associates in Durham, North Carolina. In this first part of a two-part episode of Practical Dermatology, the podcast, Dr. Jackson talks with the editors about hair loss, with emphasis on hair loss in patients with skin of color. Hi, my name is Dr. Brooke Jackson. I'm a board-certified dermatologist, and I have a private practice in Durham, North Carolina. I have a very diverse practice, and probably one of the most common conditions that I am asked to address with my patients is hair loss. And so today we want to spend a little bit of time talking about hair loss, specifically types of hair loss in African-American patients. So the first type of hair problem that I often see in African-American patients is seborrheic dermatitis, very, very common. And sometimes it is related to hairstyles and the frequency of washing. And I often have patients who transfer to my practice from other practices. And one of the reasons they do is they feel that some doctors are not familiar with hair care practices in African-American patients and they are told to wash their hair every day. And I will share, there's no African-American woman who washes her hair every day. And so as a dermatologist, I just wanna make sure that my colleagues are familiar with different hair care practices so that they can address their patients more appropriately. I generally tell patients to wash their hair, particularly if you've got curly hair, about every seven to 10 days. Sometimes when there is a hairstyle, such as having wave, um, having braids or weaves that would prohibit the frequency of hair wash that is ideal. And so for those patients, we do have to talk about why are you wearing that hair in that style? And it is often thought that this is protective styling um, when unfortunately these styles are actually not protective, they are convenient. And so this may be because patients are going on vacation or they have a new baby and they just don't have the time to wash their natural hair on a regular basis. And as someone who is also a naturalista, I will tell you that hair washing day is hair washing day. It is nothing that happens in 10 or 15 minutes. It is typically a two to three hour or longer process. Um, so number one is talking about the frequency. Number two is making sure that you're using products that are not stripping of the hair. And for people who've got seborrheic dermatitis, often a medicated shampoo is prescribed, but I always tell my patients, make sure you follow it up with a type of shampoo that is made for your particular hair style. And so the medicated shampoos generally are very, very drying. Curly hair tends to be drying in nature. And so we want to make sure that we are addressing the seborrheic dermatitis, but then providing the naturally dry hair with moisturizing shampoos that are more appropriate for that hair type. Next, I often have patients that have issues with hair loss. 
And this is a huge, huge conversation. And there are many different types of hair loss that my patients will experience. However, we do know that in African-American patients, the most common type is likely cicatricial scarring alopecia. The next most common hair concern that I have with patients is hair loss. And this tends to be a very, very pervasive concern, particularly with African-American women. I run a dedicated hair loss clinic every month, and it has been um, really surprising how many new patients that we have, um, particularly since the pandemic. And so as we know, there are many, many different types of hair loss. And first and foremost, we have to identify the reason for the hair loss. And so particularly after COVID, we had many patients who had telogen effluvium, which is associated with stress. We now have a lot of patients who are doing crash dieting or you know, any of these diet pills and injections. They also may have telogen effluvium. And um, there are also inflammatory types of hair loss. And those, so those are the scarring types of hair loss. So generally with patients who have inflammation, um, I often have an exam and then we want to do a biopsy. Sometimes I will draw labs um, because I want to properly identify the reason for their hair loss so that we can address it. So when a patient comes to my office complaining of hair loss, first and foremost, we want to identify the cause. And so often the first visit is the workup, and that is a conversation about hairstyling, that is uh, taking a detailed history about when and how the hair loss occurred, what that patient is doing to manage their hair loss, any family history of hair loss. I will often check some labs and um, do a biopsy. Once I have all that information, I can best determine the type of hair loss. Um, as well as the treatment course. And I think for many patients, you know, we live in a, what I call a microwave society where patients want immediate improvement and success. And unfortunately with hair loss, I always tell patients that first of all, hair, hair follows behind real time by about three months. So any treatment which is initiated often takes about two to three months for the patient to start to see the benefit. And so this is not a short-term process. This is a long haul process, especially for dealing with the scarring alopecia, that we are really trying to prevent the furthering of this process. But once hair follicles are scarred down, I really do have to talk to patients about expectations that we are not necessarily going to be able to recover all of the hair. And so from an education process, I really think it's very important for patients to understand, you know, really the sooner they get an evaluation and initiate treatment, the better their um, results will be. And so it always saddens me when I have patients who come in for hair loss and say they've had problems for 10 or 15 years and they take their hair piece off and they have um, really very, very minimal hair on their head. Um, you know, I, I'm always willing to try, but I, you know, really um, wish that there had been some intervention earlier in the process for that patient. We also talk about traction hair loss, and sometimes that can be related to hairstyles. And so I think it is very, very important to start the educational process early. So when we have young girls who are in dance or they're starting to style their own hair, or they've got the tight ponytails, I think there is 
an opportunity to start educating these patients about the long-term effects of certain hairstyles, such as tra traction alopecia that puts tension on the hair follicles that can potentially lead to scarring hair loss. Thank you for listening to this edition of Practical Dermatology, the podcast. You can find future editions, including the second part of this episode, at www.practicaldermatology.com or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.